0: You're listening to a Cripple & Co. production.
1: This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. your own clone a willy or clone a pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, This is a deal that cannot be cloned. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to let you know about another disability podcast that I think you'll love.
0: The disability community is not a monolith. Within the community, there's people of different views, beliefs, and identities. And each individual person with a disability has a story to tell.
1: And that's why we're here. Our podcast, You First by Disability Rights Florida, features firsthand interviews with disabled guests, scholars, and advocates covering a wide variety of disability-related issues.
0: We have episodes on voting access, mental health, ableism in academia, disability and reproductive justice, disabled art, accessible video gaming, and much more. Our goal? To have you take away a new perspective on disability and bring awareness and insight to the world around you.
1: You can listen to our latest episodes wherever you're listening
2: now or visit us at disabilityrightsflorida.org forward slash podcast to learn more and find transcripts of all of our episodes.
1: Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised.
0: This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here
1: is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to a bonus episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your delectably, deliciously disabled host, Andrew Gerza. Let us get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this bonus episode started. Friends, I know that I usually only release an episode one, three, two weeks now because... It's easier for my schedule, and that's just how I produce things now, and it's just simpler that way, and I I like doing two a month. It's easier for me to manage, but I had to come and bring you this bonus episode of Disability After Dark because I have some very, very special guests today, and I'm so excited to tell you all about it, so let me do that right now. So, if you listened last week, you heard the ad for a new play. That I'm part of called Access Me with some other amazing performers in Toronto, my friends Ken Harrower and Frank Hull, where we talk pretty openly about sexuality, queerness, and disability in our play, and you heard that it's coming to Toronto June 16th through the 24th, and so I'm super excited to sit down today for this very special episode with the stars of this new production... Access me, my friends Ken Harrower and Frank Hull, and I'm so excited to bring them to you. It's such a great episode. We talk about the play, why it's important to have disability in theater, what it's like to be three queer disabled men putting the show on, what it's like to produce with a bunch of disabled folks. And non-disabled folks A play about sex and disability We talk a little bit, we tease a little bit Some scenes from the play itself I'm so excited to bring this, this Bonus episode to you I've been working on the show with these Lovely gentlemen now For over 8 years And I haven't even had them on the show yet To talk about this amazing show And now, because we're opening In less than 2 weeks I thought it would be fantastic for me to introduce you To my co-actors and co-producers and co-writers of this show, access me, Frank Frank Hall and Ken Harrower, right here on a bonus episode of Disability After Dark. Ken Harrow and Frank Hall, hello
2: friends. Hello Andrew, how
1: are you today? I am doing so well, because I just saw you all of like four hours ago when we finished our rehearsal for the show we're in. Yeah, I know, um, eh? Frank, it's so nice to see you. It's great to be here on the podcast. I'm so excited. So excited to have you both here. What you guys can't see is that my good friend Ken is not wearing a shirt, so it's a sexy podcast tonight. <laughs> the sexiest I think you're the first guest that's ever come on the show and not worn a shirt, Ken, so. No way.
2: I'm oh, pretty so sure. Bad,
1: pretty, wow. I'm pretty sure the first one. That's pretty hot. That's pretty hot. Um, okay. I'm, so, I'm so excited to have you both here today. We are, um, for those who may, maybe don't know who you folks are, can you both introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. We'll start with you, Ken.
2: All right. My name is Ken Harrower. I'm an actor. Um, I'm an author now. I also am a, um, singer and I paint a bit, but I haven't done too much painting over the past Two or three years, and I have what is called arthrogryposis multiplex congenita, or AMC.
1: Cool. Well, thank you so much for for. And you are, you are really, truly, I've worked with you now on the this, on this show we're about to talk about for eight years. You are a yeah. jack of all trades. You are quite, you do all the things. You have your hands in all the pies doing all the different things. It's pretty awesome.
2: Well, thank you.
1: Frank, please yes. tell the people how amazing you are. Well, uh,
0: I would consider myself a veteran in disability arts. I started in my 20s training in what was called back then uh, adaptive modern dance, through the Cleveland Ballet Dancing Wheels. And then most recently, I was a part of the Moving Dance Chair Project at the University of South Florida. They designed a power chair for professional dance, really exciting stuff that they're doing down there. And I've danced with Propeller Dance in Canada, Canada's first, I believe, professional uh, mixed ability dance company. Mm -hmm. I've worked with, yeah, worked with different dance companies in the States. And like most things, it found me, you know, a lot of times, uh in the disabled community we we have to make it happen you know I couldn't become a couldn't become a dancer because I I would never get into an able-bodied dance company so we create mixed ability dance companies and then I get an email from Ken out of the blue and he says you want to be a part of this this awesome play about sex and disability and I'm like Okay, I've never acted before, but let's do this. And it found me. That's how I when, it. Ken,
1: when, Ken, yeah. when I when I met with Ken and Jonathan, one of our producers, it was yeah. now eight, eight freaking years ago, I was like, I'm not an actor. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, uh, but okay, let's try it out. So like, like, and you know, I
2: and I've been acting since 2011, and I got my professional training at Toronto Film School or TFS, and I've been at them since 2013 more or less, I've been in two movies. I'm I'm part of two plays now, and I've helped to write and the the um, develop. And I am I am. So honored and happy to be working with Andrew and Frank.
1: Yeah, we are. Well, the two of us. I'm sure. I'm sure you agree, Frank. We are. We are honored to work with you. It's always a pleasure. We've been working on this fucking thing now for almost a decade. Uh, And I love it. Okay. I'm so Eight proud years. Of
2: Eight years. Yeah. Eight years.
1: That's also a line in our play, which if you come to our play, you'll hear us say a lot. Uh, so, years. so, um, I want to back up a little bit because thank you for sharing a little bit about who you both are. But one of the things I like to ask all my guests when they come on the show, because I think a lot of people who don't, who, who listen, who might not have disabilities kind of need a primer into the world a little bit. So I'd love for both of you, and we'll start with you, Frank, to describe your disabilities and share with us how they impact your day-to-day experiences. Sure. Um,
0: I am born with cerebral palsy, so I'm part of the CP Cool me too!
1: Yeah, Yeah. the best
0: of the palsy, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and the thing about CP is it affects every one of us differently. You know, it's brain damage, usually caused from lack of oxygen during childbirth. And um, there was a lot of things they didn't think I was gonna do. They didn't think I was gonna talk. They didn't think I was gonna move all that well. And if the weird part is is, I move pretty damn good. Um, And uh, how does it affect me every day? Well, I live pretty independently. I mean, I have this beautiful accessible apartment saved up for a chair that raises it's actually kind of high right now to a standing position so i can reach groceries and stuff yeah. um yeah so i try to take advantage of uh all the things i can do on my own and i really appreciate it um being able to do that um i i do spasm i'm very good at hiding my spasms don't know why i still do it i mean after all this time i feel like i should just let loose and let
1: the spasms happen. i mean i kind of want to not that i want to bring one on mm-hmm. but we talked about it earlier today in rehearsal yeah i kind of want to mm-hmm. see i kind of want to see what not, not because i want to like bring one to you but i'm interested to see how it affects you because we were talking about it earlier in rehearsal and anybody who's like we weren't at rehearsal i know no, no we're gonna blather on for a minute but we listened to we listened to you tell a little bit of your story about spasming and i was like oh yeah it's uh you know i, I Didn't say anything at the time, but I could think, oh, yeah, that happens to me sometimes. And the full body thousands can be really uncomfortable. Um, One of the things, you know, you talk a little bit about your physical disability, Frank. One of the things I know you talk about a lot in our show is your connection to uh, mental health. And I think, you know, that's something that I would love for you to shine a light on now, because it's something we don't often talk about in relation to people with physical disabilities. And I'd love for you to share.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, for asking. You know, it's been wonderful working with uh, you and the cast because I've been coming out of the closet, so to speak, about my mental illness, and I really felt ashamed of, of my bipolar disorder for the longest time because, you know, psychosis can bring on crazy, silly behaviors. But... um I found that it was really important to be open with the cast about my mental health, like really open, because that way we know how to deal with it. So if Frank's behaving kind of off, we all know what to do to take care of that. And, and, And so it's been a wonderful lesson in honesty and, you know, and for me, my I, was, I think I've explained it to you guys, that my physical disability is like math. One plus one equals two. It's very yeah. physical. My mental illness cuts so deeper and it's hard to, it's not so easy. Like when I was in psychosis, I wasn't paying my rent. I almost lost my apartment. You know, in many ways I, I could have lost everything, but I got better. And this nurse at the mental hospital made me promise to stay on my meds. She says, you're going to be tempted when you feel better not to take your meds. Don't do it. Yeah. 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 And so I really appreciate our, it's like being in a relationship, the three of us. Yeah. We, are. It, we've we've been
1: we, a, we are. <laughs> we are. We've been in a rough hole now, basically for almost a decade. And yeah. 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 We are. We are. And we, you know, one of the things I appreciate about you talking about your mental health, Frank, when we started this and you started bringing up your mental health issues, you're the reason we now have. When we when we prepare for the show, you're pretty much the reason we now have like a mental health professional come and come and check in with us and make sure we're all right and make sure that we're you know taking care of ourselves. And so I admire that you had the balls to go into a group of people that that you didn't know very well and say, look. I live with CP and bipolar. Here's my experience. Here's what I need. Can we work on this? And and you know, it's it's helped all of us for the better.
0: Now, Andrew, yeah. guide me through guide me through this one because I'm just going to explain to the audience that what I've learned through working in disability arts is there is a disability aesthetic in being a dancer and yeah. being an artist, meaning that we have different needs like, in, like I'm a choreographer, but I do it from a disability perspective, which means when I'm working with another disabled person, we become the choreographers, not yeah. just me.
1: There, there's and, a really fantastic scene in the show where you, yeah. don't get too much away, cause come see our show please. Buy no, tickets. Go. Buy tickets. See your show. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Um, Sorry friend, go ahead
0: well the, there's a the disability aesthetic is is we create a movement vocabulary together because um Ken's disability is different than mine yours disability is different than mine, so we come yeah. together as choreographers
1: as a as a group yeah we, yeah, to, we do come together yeah. wink to, um, uh, hey, yeah. we um, are together wink wink wink. wink. Um, Ken, wait, Ken, wait. I want to, I want to, I want to bring the question to you. Um, can you share yeah. with us just a little bit about how your AMC plays a role in your day to day life?
2: Um, well, I've had it all my life. I was born with it, and um, actually, I've been told that. The doctors told my real parents that they didn't expect me to live past age five. But here I am, I'm about to turn 62 in June, so...
1: You actually turned sixty two at the close of our show, right? Our last show. I do. Birthday.
2: Yeah, I do. I and...
1: think we gotta play. I think we gotta have some like sexy go-go dancers at the show. We gotta get oh. some we gotta get cake. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get some. <laughs> amazing yeah. things. All these things for you. Guy I know. I know that one of the things you like, Ken, is guys with big feet. Maybe we got. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta, <laughs> pick. We gotta some birthday stuff for you. Um, um, okay. Um, so,
2: let's. Um, um, I I just wanted to say up until now, um, or up until I started working with Andrew and Frank, I had never had much. Experience when it comes to mental health, but working with rank has been a pretty wide eye opening experience for me, and
1: yeah, I would agree.
2: And I just, yeah, I just want to say thank you for rank for for feeling comfortable enough to to open up to both of us about it and for also Teaching us about some mental health issues, so I just yeah. want to say thank you very much.
1: Yeah, I have to. I have to follow Ken's lead here and say also thank you. It's been. It's mental health is something that I deal with a lot of depression and anxiety, but I don't live with it the same way you do, and so seeing your openness to talk about it in the way you do you know makes me think about my mental health differently and i really appreciate again like i was saying a second ago that that because of your honesty about your experience we now have mental health check-ins daily at our at our rehearsals we have you know a mental health professional come in once a week and let us air our shit for an hour and that you know that's because you had the balls
2: for two hours
1: oh that's right it is two hours I mean, yes have it thought. is. It's two hours. And
0: and a part of that part of that disability aesthetic, sorry for sounding so technical, is that we accommodate each other's needs if we need to lie yeah. down, if if we need if we have a headache, if we're sore, if we're in pain, you know, we really communicate with each other what our needs are. Um which is why I love the name of that book that our is published in Interdependent Magic. Because, yeah. we, we, because we interdependency is so much greater than codependency. And I yep. think for me as a disabled person, I do need other people. I need help. I can't do this alone. Yeah. I and and I don't just need and I don't just mean this I just don't mean that I need able-bodied people. No, 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 no. I I have lots of disabled people that support me. My dance partner in New York, she's paralyzed from the waist down, and and we've been supporting each other dance-wise, friend-wise for years. And um, a a lot of times, a lot of my able-bodied friends just don't realize how strong we are um, I know I I, I had an able body partner tell tell me that he thinks I'm not whole because I'm disabled. And I said, What? And <laughs> and, 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 what? Whoa, and oh, what, what did I and what did I yeah. what did
1: I say to you when you said that? I said I think I very quickly said, Well, you tell him that he doesn't get this whole anymore because he said that to you. <laughs> yeah, and oh. you know, you know, the funny part
0: is we broke up, thank God. And I'm meeting other guys. And I'm free to yeah. meet other guys. And, you know, and the play has really empowered me sexually. Um, it's empowered me on so many levels. Because it is our stories. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So.
1: it um, <clears throat> is. Go ahead, <throat> Ken.
2: And I uh, think it is more important, more than ever, that we as disabled people have, we need to open up to each other and share our, Stories and hopefully our stories or each other's stories out in the community as a whole. Each story is something that we can word off of each other and how to deal with mental health issues, disability issues, food um, um issues, all issues. If we only are willing to be. Open, honest, and vulnerable bon- 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 too. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with you. I think vulnerability, I think vulnerability is hot. Um, and it, it can be really hard for us as disabled folks, especially disabled men, to to want to talk about vulnerability, to want to talk about those things. I think our play really um, takes us to some places and takes the audience to some places to see vulnerability within three queer disabled men. And that's, you know, that's really powerful. I want to jump into the play because I want everyone who's listening to know what amazing work we're doing. So the three of us star in a new play called Access Me, all about queerness, sexuality, and disability, which is opening in Toronto in under two weeks, by the time this comes out, wow, I can't believe we're opening in under two weeks. Holy shit, I feel wow. unprepared.
2: That's we're opening that. in
1: under two weeks, although we have been working on this play now for eight, eight fucking years. Eight years. Um, we've been working on it for a very long time. And so, Ken, I want to start with you. Okay. You're really the catalyst for why this play even happened at all. You're really the the playmaker if you in my my, what about why did you want to create this project and what what drew you to it?
2: The reason why I wanted to do a play on, weirdness and disability and sexuality, is because there is hardly anything out there. And I'm hoping that through this play, people are able to um, learn about different disabilities, especially if they have no experience in disability. And I, and also as an actor, um, it is hard. To find parts out in a theater or even in film, it's hard. Yeah, for I agree. for disabled actors to, to act and what? One thing I heard over and over. And I learned a bit in acting school is if there is no work out there that I can do, then I need to write and help to produce my, my own stuff. And that is something I never thought I could do.
1: And and now, look, you're a fucking producer. Look at that. You're a producer of a play. Look at that.
2: And I'm also a writer of this play, too.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: I have helped to r- 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 write this play, but also each of us have added to this play, and it is a good play.
1: <laughs> um, there was oh, it's, it's more than good, uh, it's it's hot, is what it is. It's a
2: hot there, play. That is hot, and there are <laughs> sad parts, but mostly happy parts. So, yeah, please, I agree. So please come out and see. Access me to sixteenth to the twenty fourth.
1: Look at that. I don't even have to do ad rolls. Ken just did it for me. I don't have to, do, I don't have to like, I don't have to do, that's great, Ken. Can you be my, can you be my ad person the whole time? Um, wow, well, thank awesome. Um, Frank, we, in the play, we talk about some pretty sexy themes and pretty like upfront themes and pretty um, like really, and by sexy, I mean like really sexualized stuff around sex and disability why do you feel that it's important to show that around those themes around sex and disability on stage? Because sex is different for
0: those of us with physical disabilities. It's different physically. The way we express it is different. And what's so wonderful about it. I mean, um, I was in New York, my disabled dance friends were getting together, and uh, they were bi, and they wanted to have a little orgy. And so Frank went to giggles and we bought all kinds of sex toys to make things easier. I couldn't join in because I'm not bi, but it but I remember when I went out doing this and I was we were talking about how to how to make this orgy happen, and what was wonderful about it was was we were so open uh, to each other's bodies and how they're different and the whole concept of what is beautiful and what is sexy from the disability point of view is not what it's like from an able-body perspective I mean yeah um, uh, I won't say any names but one of our friends he's female is very spastic and so we had to figure out ways to make it happen and and um to make that happen for her and then we had an, another woman who wasn't as spastic you know so so frank being the sex facilitator um and then there was another gentleman in the group and his body was more spastic cuz uh, there's about four people with cerebral palsy one person that's paralyzed from the waist down you know and we're all sitting in a group you know figuring this situation out and it it and what was beautiful about it is it wasn't about trying to be the prettiest one or what's sexy or what isn't. It was just about let's let's figure out how to express this and have a good time. And, uh, And it was awesome to see my beautiful disabled dance friends not only express themselves through dance but express themselves through sex. And the reason why we organized this is because it's really hard to connect with other disabled people to have sex. So um, I'm just sort of sharing that idea. And in the play, it is very sexy. I mean, we're we're talking about sex in a very honest way. And so I, you know, and I'm still learning about so much sexually about what I like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Um, your your character, your version of Frank in the show, because we we play ourselves a heightened heightened versions of ourselves, I think. yeah you know your your character of you in the show probably between the three of us I would say is the is one of the most sexual characters on stage at any given yeah. time yeah and i, I really, yeah, oh, yeah i really i like that a lot because we don't see a um man with complex disabilities you know saying i wanna i wanna give you head or i wanna do this or i wanna do that and i think Seeing that on stage is gonna be so important for our audience because it yeah. isn't that shocking because you don't expect it you're like whoa, oh, yeah. okay oh, whoa. God, what's
0: happening? right 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 uh, gosh, how do I talk about this without giving anything away Andrew you'll have to guide me through this one well there's a certain part in the play there's a certain part in the play that I really don't share with too many people sexually and and as I Relive that sexual moment where I did share that particular sexual thing with a person. I'm in my real life, I'm starting to allow myself to show that part of my disability that really? makes sex feel even better. Like, I mean, there's certain things about having cerebral palsy that just makes sex better. And uh, I'll have what to are leave those that to you. What are those things? Oh, oh. oh! Oh gosh, I don't want to give too much away. My oh no,
2: don't. <laughs>
0: it, it's i I'll just say it. it it's just this is spasticity. Little, a Spas, spasticity is hot. It it intensifies the experience. I mean, sometimes when I when I well, spasticity just makes the 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 in the experience that much more intense. And I've never yeah. really talked about what that feels like and how good that feels, and except with another friend of mine in New York who's even more spastic who said, "Oh, this is what I love about having cerebral palsy and and being even more spastic
1: and uh, I always said that you know, if i that if i did that if I ever was a, if I ever was a stripper, my stripper name would be spastic candy.
0: <laughs> oh because it's hot. it's hot like i'm getting spastic in my hands and now i'm showing you so when yeah. i when i get excited and then what i do out of stupidity i tend to hide my hands down here and for some stupid reason all my life because i can hide my spa- my spastic fingers easier i yeah, always yeah. do it because when i'm not spastic when i'm not spastic everybody's used to seeing my fingers Pretty much the way everybody else's fingers look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think learning how not well, don't take this the wrong way, boys, but I've programmed myself all all my life to hide my quote unquote deformities, and I'm getting tired of that shit. I just want to be able to be me and just let those fingers spasm. You know, if I get excited, you know, just you know, just let my uh, just let my body. Be it's beautiful plastic glory, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ken. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a part in the play that I have to tell you that I've been resonating with more and more this time around that we've been rehearsing. I'm going to give a little bit of away because I think it's important that we talk about it. There's a part in the play where you and Frank talk about, and you have a you have a discussion about sex work a little bit. And I yeah. really, I really enjoy this part of the part of the play because you're talking to each other about how the only way you can achieve intimacy sometimes is if you pay for it and yeah. I've been watching you do that scene over and over again as we do this show and I also am somebody who works with escorts and sex workers to have my needs met I think it's great but the more and more I watch you do that scene the more and more I connect with that character of like when is somebody going to want to come over and spend time with me because they want to not because I dropped money down for them. So I love that yeah. we're putting that in the play, because I think the emotions around having to pay for sex as a disabled person are very real, and I love yeah. that it's oh, in yeah. there.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, as them and I um, it is hard for handicapped people to find other set partners who are who may or may not have a disability. And I think we as a community need to talk a bit more about having sex Um, with um, with anybody we like, and it doesn't matter if they're disabled or not but it's harder in the disability community as a whole, to even start to talk openly about having, or about wanting and being, being able to have sex, a lot, Of people in society see as see disabled people as non sexual beings. Well, I am here to tell you that is fucking bullshit. (laughs) We are sexual being. Damn right. Need to talk about it and be open about it. It's hard, yes, but how else are how else is society as a whole is going to learn Um, Unless, we as a disabled community and it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, bi, trans, it doesn't matter. We as human beings are acceptable and it doesn't matter if you're able bodied or disabled. That's right. And and society needs to learn and to talk about about disabled people as sexual obedience and not as oh poor Johnny or poor Mary. They can't do anything. Bullshit. So
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Well you you fucking hit the nail on the head there, Ken. One of the things you do so beautifully in the show is like you you call out the community and you say, you know what? People yeah. don't see me. All they see is my chair. And, you yeah. know, I think I think from a, from a dramaturgical standpoint, hearing that so plainly in the play, that rings true. And every single time you do it, I never tell you this, but every single time you do it, I have all these emotions that come up because I feel the same way. And I don't talk about it. I mean, I, t- I do talk about it, but I don't voice it to you openly because we're trying to do the show. But every single time I watch that scene, I'm like, well, oh, fuck, it. that's that's how I feel. And yeah. so I think you putting that there and you saying that for any queer people who are not disabled, they come to our show, I hope it's the fucking wake-up call for them. To... I do too.
2: I hope so. Because disabled people don't need to be pitied we need to be respected and accepted as sexual beings. Period.
1: Period. Exactly. Yeah. Frank. Frank. Yes. What, how do you, yes. 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 How do you feel about that? In one of, you know, the other the other side of the of that part of the play is your character says, you know, we shouldn't have to pay for sex to just because we're disabled how how, you as a performer how does it feel to you to perform that part gosh i don't want to sound like a like i'm full of
0: myself but i guess i am when i'm saying this (laughs) um you know i i've always had a very handsome face i mean that's one of the reasons why i got in to different dance companies and i've been in different photo shoots and and you know, I've I've only when I was first coming out, I hired somebody once, and it really didn't work out that well, and I didn't enjoy it. And then I realized, wait a minute, what am I doing hiring somebody to have sex with me? I'm pretty good at attracting guys, and so uh, I learned that early. Uh, in my twenties, I actually went to an accessible bathhouse in. Um, Halifax I think it was called Sea Dogs there was a little step to get in Uh, I was home and I had bumped into a smaller city bumped into a friend of mine and we went to high school together and we just started making out like crazy and it was hot because Uh, we knew each other and then yeah and then this guy comes up and he says what are you doing with that and I went are you referring to me and i i turned around to the guy i turned to the guy i'm making a note with i said that's it we're taking off our clothes and we're going to have this, we're going to put on a show for that <laughs> and, you know mm. it was sort of one of those angry empowering moments of yeah i'm going to have sex in my wheelchair in front of all these people because we were in like yeah. the like a common room um, yes. I couldn't accept we couldn't go to a private place to begin with, because the rooms are so small in the bathhouse. I can't yeah. even get my wheelchair yeah. in. So we were trying yeah, to yeah. figure out how to do this thing. And, I, you know, and it, it wasn't the first time I've had that happen. Like I, I, I've, I've had a lot of public sex on Citadel Hill at Queen's Whoa, Park. Wow. At, you had sex on uh, Citadel Hill? <laughs> I I was on the Fruit Loop. I wow, I was on the Fruit Loop. I wheeled my chair thought, up on Citadel Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought I was. I thought I. I thought my story about having sex was in in the subway elevator was hot. But you, wow, you that, yeah. dude, wow. Uh, yeah, and, um,
0: I, and I got right into doing stuff like that because it was easier to access sex to go to the hill, or, or, or go to uh, Queen's Park, or go to, uh, there's spots on Cherry Beach where I get my chair in the woods, the paths are just wide enough to get my chair in, and I figured out which ones I could go through without damaging myself in my chair, because sometimes some of them have big drops. And then I found this one spot, you know, that got my chair in, and oh boy, it was like Sex Theater Central.
1: Do you think? Do you think, friends, that we need, um, you know, because we we hear a lot about cruising in the in the gay community. Um, Do you think we need wheelchair accessible cruising spots?
0: Yes, definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I. uh, That's the only way I've been able to do it these days because now um, the only accessible bathhouse in Toronto is Steamworks, and you, you have to go through the apartment.
2: Yeah, area, yeah.
0: And then they let and me see the emergency
2: to, door. And it's <laughs> a pain done. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's really hard to access not just bathhouses at bathhouses. But the only place I go dancing these days is at Glad Day when they have their bear nights and things like that. Because Glad Day books I can get in from the street, but now we've it's actually accessibility is it's gotten really bad as far as trying uh, to meet guys in person. And, I, and I'm I'm uh, old fashioned. I'm 50. I like to meet them in
2: person. Yeah.
1: Um, I want to shift back to the pla- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ken.
2: Uh, no, I was just agreeing with. F- f- Right,
1: yeah, so yeah, just that it's hard to it's hard to meet. It is. Um, So what I love about this play, and I think this is one of my favorite things about this thing we're doing, is that for me it feels particularly important that in this play, in this thing we produced together, there are three—not one, not two, but three—power chair users that lead and run the show. I'm pretty sure that this is like a first for theater anywhere. Or it's extremely rare. And I love the fact that this yeah, is. Yeah, it part- is. It
2: is very rare. I don't know if, if it's a, ever happened in, in any other part of the world. But hey, it is great that it is us the re power chair. Power
1: chair power chair hotties, Ken. Power yeah. chair hotties.
2: Yeah. On the show. Yeah.
1: Um and yeah. And
0: we're, right, commanding that, we're commanding that stage, baby. We're blocking, yeah, yeah. we're moving. I've seen a play. I won't say what play it was. It was uh, disability-centered. But the person on stage was in a power chair, but they were in, positioned in one spot.
1: And they didn't move the whole play?
0: They didn't move the whole And so, yeah, oh, no, no. So when uh, they introduced movement and blocking, I was like, oh, the dancer in me was like, yes, finally. And, you know, and it's just really exciting that that we are moving and we are, you know, we're interacting and there's motion and there's, you you know, and we're commanding that audience. Um, Yeah. And And in in the play, yeah. And the play that I saw, he was just sitting there, and there was an able-bodied person doing all the talking for him because he—he's an AAC user, which is somebody yeah. that uses augmented alternative communication because they can't speak like we do. And right. I was like, "It's like, wait a minute here. This—this this could have been done better. They did, they didn't really bother to." explore his ability. And, and that's the disability aesthetic that I'm talking about in disability yeah. arts, where yeah. we have the power as a collective, as a collective yeah. a group of artists yeah. to, to discover what our abilities are, to bring those out on stage. And that's, yeah. uh, that's what I think is very powerful. And I think that that's what separates what we're doing from what I, I've been seeing out there in, in disability arts
1: in, in one of the general. I, one of the things that I think that really does separate our show from a lot of other ones is so many shows and narratives around disability. When we look at disability arts is, oh no, you became disabled, it's a tragedy. Let's talk about the tragedy for three hours and how horrible it is. And our play doesn't touch on, doesn't want to say any of our disabilities are tragic. Doesn't once it well, doesn't once touch on how we became disabled. Doesn't once like make that part of the story. And I think that's that's a marker for other disability arts groups to be like, oh, we can do that too. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, disability people with disabilities have lives uh-huh. to live, and it doesn't have to be tragic. It can yeah. be celebrated, and and. Who we are culturally. I've had able-bodied people tell me, "Oh, dis- what do you mean disability culture? Uh, you're not a race." And I went, mm, tr- disability transcends race, and there is a culture, and and there is so many cultures within the disability umbrella. It is like trying to count the stars in the universe. And it, and yeah, that, I mean, when you bring when you bring that into the arts, uh, we're talking about disability umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, more possibility not less possibility and i think sometimes from the able-body perspective they're not seeing that but when we're creating from the disability perspective for the first time because we're creating with other people we're able to show the world what those possibilities are uh yeah. you know uh, whether yeah. it's creating dance from a disability perspective or or doing what we do with this play because we, we we were allowed we, we really helped guide it. We actually, everybody in the collective, we all yeah. listen to each other. And it's, yeah. use your magic, Andrew, to explain what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> I, 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 we all get it. We all, we, I totally, under, I totally yeah. agree with you. One of the things I think that we, and I didn't write this down, but it's a question that I have. I would love to know from you two other actors and producers and writers what you feel. Part, a lot of our collective is also not disabled. They don't come into the space claiming disability. We work with producers on the daily when we rehearse this that are not living our experience. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that I really enjoy about what we're doing is because I feel like we're bridging the gap between non-disabled and disabled arts. And I really love that about what we're doing. How do you two feel about working alongside non-disabled folks to create this piece?
2: I, I don't mind it at all. I am... I am happy in that we are a community, period. It doesn't matter if some are able-bodied or disabled. Mm-hmm. We I are, love our. Okay.
0: Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. My bad.
2: We are able to work together and with anybody who is either disabled or able body. And I am so happy and proud of our because we have been working on this for over eight years as a collective, but also as a community, too.
1: Yep, yep. I really, and Frank, how do you feel?
0: You know, I've been working in disability arts for over 20 years, and I have to give our able-bodied uh, director, all the other able-bodied people, I can't name them all off right now, director, whatever else, whatever other titles they have.
1: Associate producers, all that stuff. General, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. all that stuff, yeah, all that stuff. Um. Uh, the only way I can word it is um, there's only one person in dance who's able-bodied that I've worked with where it was such a beautiful relationship. And she's a professional. She's the head of the dance department at the University of South Florida. She's able-bodied. She choreographs. Her father became disabled when she was young. And working with her is a dream because she just really knows how to, to help us create the dance with her because to yeah. find that movement vocabulary now i want to but i've worked with other choreographers i i have another choreographer able-bodied and i said look i know you want me to be over here and do this term what i want you to do is to get into my power chair and i want you to experience it so that way as a choreographer you can try to get the feel of what i'm going through so we can get the idea yeah. going and he, he refused and And I he and I, he refused wow. and, and so I had to do all the translation work, and I had to try to figure out a way to count it so I could be with the ensemble and It was a lot more work for me, I did it, and it was great but and, but and then now go to our group, and they give us complete freedom. They they yeah. really take time to listen yeah. to us to hear. Yeah, okay. You know
1: we're we're really we're we're allowed really... we're a loud fucking bunch of dudes in that room. And they, what I really respect about all of them and Brian and Jonathan, I know you're listening. So what I really respect about all of them is that they are willing to try. One of my favorite mem- memories with one of our directors, Jonathan, from a couple years ago. We there's a part in the play where I had to learn how to move around the stage. And I said, I don't know what, what to do. And he said, well, move your chair and I'll walk I'll walk beside you like I'm in a chair and we'll figure it out together. And he didn't have a clue how that worked or what that was like, but he was like, let's just try. And it was so, and I tell him this all the time, it was such a nice moment because from that guidance, I learned how to move my chair differently so I could do the scene. And it to see them learn from us and be willing to guide try us to ex- without. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not just guide us, but to try to see it from our perspective. Yeah. yeah. So they could better direct us and we can better, we could be that much better, that much more professional. That's why the movement is so beautiful. That's why everything in this play, when it comes to movement is gorgeous and we kind of got rid of the traditional hierarchy in theater and dance which I love and we just we just became this this team and Uh, you know and I've been working with that traditional hierarchy and I've seen so many things in the in that realm and I am just so impressed uh with with how not only are we being heard but
1: We're being encouraged to be. Yeah, and uh, I've had
0: able I've had able-bodied people come in and just take over the show and everything, and all of a sudden, you know, we're just sort of sitting there (laughs) being choreographed, you know. And afterwards, uh, my disabled dancer friend said, "Frank, this is going to suck. This show's going to suck so bad. They're not listening to us at all." And I said, "I know, and there's nothing we can do about it, but at least we're getting paid, you know." That's not happening in this collective. I have yeah, never yeah. once felt not heard. I've yeah. never once, you know, I, it's just oh, I can't put it into words. And it, it, it's rare that it happens with it it creation in that theater. Rom-
1: yeah. With them is the, is the epitome of, and I don't know if this is a term, but I'm making it up right now, it's the epitome of interabled magic is really what it is. I think oh, wow. what we've well, I think I just fucking made a term up. That's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I, it feels I, to me, If they were, I know. Sorry. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Frank.
0: If they were to do a textbook about the disability aesthetic in theater, I think if they did a study of what we're doing, um, and maybe they're doing that, I, I was looking things up on the internet. Interesting. There's a lot of interesting things floating around out there, boys. So you should look us up. I I, I really think that what we're doing is a lesson to other yeah. to disability arts and theater in general. And so or just our, arts you know, and
1: theater in general. Period. Arts and yeah. theater. Period. Now. Um, yeah. um. Um. um
2: Before we, um, um, close, I just wanted to say if there are any other actors or producers, um, out there who are willing to Work with a, a disabled out um, there my contact info is k eight nine zero one at gmail dot com
1: look at you with the you La- have it. left the plug with the straight up promotion don't even have to do anything you just put it right in that's the thing. Um. so I have a couple like two more questions and then I'll let you lovely folks go because I know we have to be up for rehearsal tomorrow so two quick yeah. questions for you um, and we'll start with you Frank what is your favorite what is your favorite moment as a performer in the show and why my favorite moment is there's a duet in the
0: show That I particularly love as a dancer because it's it makes me cry when I think about it because when I was helping to choreograph it I had envisioned I I've lived that beautiful dance with the most beautiful handsome man that I've ever danced with in my life and we were kissing and dancing and making out and um I just love, I just love that duet. I I get to relive that in a I very watched
1: it Today, way. when you guys were rehearsing, and I I was yeah. crying, my eyes. Were like, oh, this is emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what about you?
2: Um, I would honestly have to say, my favorite part is the dance, and that's all I'll
1: say. Oh wow, you guys love the same part, you guys love the same moment. That's adorable. I love it, I love it, I love it.
2: You have to come and see, yeah,
1: we can talk about it it all day long.
0: (laughs) I'll just say, I really love the hot guy that I'm dancing with, he's like dressed to the nines. I mean, it's such a beautiful, you know, and I, I love it,
2: I love it, and um. Oh yeah, it's it's hot. Okay, but, but don't say no more, Frank. I mean, no, the show no, no. one of one, of one of my
1: favorite no. moments with the two of you, I think, is when there's moments in the play where we ask the audience questions. And one of my favorite things to watch the two of you do, all of us do, is give like quippy answers back to an audience member. So I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a period in the show where we, we open up to the audience a little bit and some of the answers are really spicy and really hot and really funny and really heartfelt. And I think for me, that's one of my favorite sequences of the show because these are questions that I think people are afraid to ask, but they have rolling around in their heads all the time and they've never heard a proper answer. And I love that we're giving them space to, Oh, well, this is what a real live disabled person would say about, would yeah. say about this. This is how they would answer me. I think that's really cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Love it. And Love it. Love it for
1: that. So just before we close, my very last question for you wonderful boys, before we all go to bed to get ready for tomorrow's rehearsal, because we're still rehearsing this thing. Um, yeah. My last question is, what do you want if somebody came to the show, having never met a disabled person, never talked about sex and disability, never, 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 what do you want an audience member to take away from this show? Either one, you can start. Well, for
2: me, is what I Whoa. want an audience of members to get out of this is that we and Disabled, gay guys are not to be pitied, but to be loved and respected.
1: I love that. And Frank,
2: yeah, well said. Um,
0: I want, I want people to take away. Uh, from this play, that uh, that we have happy, sexy lives, um, that it's not tragic a- in any way. And, uh, and maybe somebody will find, who knows, one of us really hot and maybe we'll end up, I don't know, who knows? So, you know, the show? I mean, yeah. Who knows? Something, something, kind of nice can happen, come happen after the show. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you, know.
2: you never know. Oops, see 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 sometime. guys and girls.
1: Well, my dear friends, I know we all have to go to bed. We have to get up to see each other bright and early tomorrow. Um, so yeah. I want to say thank you both so much for coming on, taking taking time out of your busy schedule to be here for this today um uh thank you both so much and i will see you friendly folks tomorrow and for those of you listening be sure to come to our show if you're in toronto or if you're not in toronto come to toronto if you're able to come yeah. to our show june 16th to 24th at the daniel spectrum Aki studio 585 dundas street east um and you can find out more about the show at www. .accessme.squarespace.com and all the stuff is there. Tell your friends, buy some tickets to see this groundbreaking show that we put together for you all about sex and disability. I am so excited. I can't wait. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.
1: Wasn't that the best interview ever? Aren't you so excited to see our brand new play, our groundbreaking play, all about sex and disability, Access Me, here in Toronto on June 16th through the 24th. All of the details and the ability to buy tickets are at www.accessme.squarespace.com. Once again, that's www.accessme.squarespace.com. June 16th through 24th and tickets are going fast. So even if you're not in Toronto and you want to do something cool for Pride and you want to come to a Pride city to, to experience Pride, this is an event you do not want to miss. If you're listening and you're outside of Toronto and you want to come, we'd love to have you. We would love to show you what we've created over the last eight years. Please consider supporting Disability Theatre and groundbreaking shows like Access Me. Hope you enjoy the interview with the stars of the show, Ken Harrower and Frank Hall, and me, Andrew Gerza. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Disability After Dark. Thank you, thank you. Talk to you soon, friends. And here's the regular outro. Bye! Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website... Please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Kriblin Co Productions at disability after at gmail.com. Copyright twenty twenty three